0: Welcome back to another episode of Everything Under the Sun. I'm your host, Savvy Speaks, and this is Everything Under the Sun podcast, where we talk about literally everything under the sun. (laughs) If you're new or not new to this podcast, um, here we just talk about literally everything, but we like to take it from a spiritual perspective. So we have a lot of Bible quotes, we have a lot of scriptural references, and so we really like to get deep. So if you're not used to deep, I don't know what to tell you, but we get deep over here. So before we even get started, I like to... Let all of my listeners know, my one biggest rule, I have many rules, but this is the one biggest. You can't cancel me unless I've canceled myself. Listen, because in this today's cancel culture, we don't do canceling, so you can't cancel me unless I've canceled myself. myself. (laughs) Amazing. So as you can see, today I have a very special guest. I know in all of my episodes, all my guests are special because they're special in their own way, but I'm going to go ahead and allow Lamar to introduce
1: himself. I'm the specialist guest, first and foremost. Um, (laughs) My name mm-hmm. is Lamar Yafasubon Su. i um, 24 years old. Uh, Sabrina and I actually go to the same church, Jesus Power Assemblies of God, in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Uh, uh, Atlanta.
0: Uh, We're in Atlanta. Right?
1: We're, in, okay. <laughs> We're in metro Atlanta. Okay. Um, what else about me? Um, I'm a young kid. I'm studying medicine, hopefully to acquire dreams to become an MD in the future. Or... <laughs> I have a clinical research business.
0: Okay. You uh, you have a what business?
1: Oh, start a cl- clinical research business. Uh. Oh, I do have a business, too. Shop But we're we'll rebranding right now. We're coming back to you soon. Okay.
0: Shout out to the promo. Y'all see the sweater? Oh, yeah. It says there's rice at home. Okay. How many times have you heard that from your parents?
1: Exactly. Keep the All right. So I'm going to go ahead and get into
0: the weather check, and we are going to get into Tittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittittitt today's topic but it is a really really juicy one just get ready prepare your hearts for the conviction because the lord is going to be slapping us and others left and right with this one but we are in metro atlanta um, aka lawrenceville the high is 84 the low is 68 and it is 76 degrees but it is hot over here under the sun and so if you don't know what hot stands for it stands for honest open and transparent we like to keep it really, really real here under the sun, which is why you can't cancel us unless we cancel ourselves. But going into today's topic, we are going to be soaking in some vitamin D on lukewarm Christianity. Oof, Ooh, hold a on. Let me find out. A... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the right one. Anna. OK, no no, no, yeah. no, no,
1: she'll get it. She'll get it.
0: So we're going to be talking about lukewarm Christianity because it's a thing that we are seeing a little bit more and more in 2023 um, within these last days, we could say. And so I'm actually going to ask you to define what lukewarm Christianity is.
1: So lukewarm Christianity, like Sabrina said, you know, we see it all the time. Right. Um, To put it simply, I would say that lukewarm Christianity is where you have conviction of god like you have god and christ in your heart but at the same time you're still consumed with you know the worldly things and what's going on in the secular world so essentially um to put a physical picture in it think of narnia the wardrobe you literally have one half of your body inside the wardrobe where it's the icy that's the world and then the bedroom is you know, Christ and his holiness and you're half and half in. you're complacent. You're not really fighting for which way you're just you're just there for the most part. That's how I'd say
0: that is a really yeah. good way to put that. Amazing. So I'm going to back that up with scripture. Um, Revelation chapter three, verse 15 to 16 says, I know everything that you do. I know that you are neither cold nor hot. It would be better if you were either cold or hot, but you are only warm. Because you're neither cold nor hot, I am about to, I am ready to throw you away completely. Some other versions say I will spit you out of my mouth. And so Lamar kind of gave us an example of like what lukewarm Christianity is. And I feel like for me, I've noticed it a lot in college with like younger people um, because a lot of people come to Christ. And what I feel like is they don't get the full understanding of the gospel. They know you should repent. They know like Jesus is your savior, but they don't necessarily Like, follow through with the lifestyle that it comes with. So why do you think that is?
1: Oh, this is very interesting because college is typically, for a lot of people, the first time, like, you're experiencing independence for yourself. Mm -hmm. Growing up, well, at least for us, um, you know, you just went to church because your parents went to church. You were there. that was your environment. That's all you knew. You didn't really have a say for the most part. Mm-hmm. But once you got that autonomy, especially if you went out of state, mm-hmm. it was literally all on you. So I know for a lot of people, I had some friends that when they went out of state, that um it was tough for them to find a church. So they just, you know, stuck to themselves. When they first were there, you know, they would still read their Bible here and there. You know, they'll, you know, take their notes, watch some sermons. First semester goes by. <sighs> I don't feel like praying today. <sighs> I'll read my scripture the next day, mm-hmm. and then time goes by, and then you know you haven't your, your Bible has dust on it. Your Bible app is sending you notifications every day. You're just swiping up on it to mm-hmm. make it go away, mm-hmm. and it's like you know you're just caught in the moments of you know turning in your assignments. So I definitely feel like once you're in college, it's all on you, and you're just not used to having that responsibility all on you.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you've had a season where you've backslidden? And you're probably, like, this peak of your Christianity. And then you kind of, like, slowly decline.
1: Oh, yeah. For me personally, when I first went to college, um, actually, when I very first went to college, I actually had, like, a great, I want to say, I had a spike up mm-hmm. into Christianity. Uh, I wasn't to the point where, like, I wanted to sh- spread the gospel with everybody or everything like that. But, like, I was really, really into it. But then... um. A lot of my friends, we were very diverse, so somebody was Catholic, we had Muslims, we had very, We. it was great to share ideas, you know, we would have debates and all like that. But then, after some time, like I said, for me personally, you know, I, I started getting overwhelmed with classes, mm-hmm. you know, relationships and things like, <laughs> I dated a Muslim girl. That's all completely different um, But yeah, so um, for me, there was a decline, I want to say, between freshman, to sophomore year and then um after that you know we found god again well he was never lost but mm-hmm. we, found, we came back and then you know here we are today
0: mm-hmm. I, that's that's really cool i think it's really cool that you had like a di- group, diverse group of people yeah. do you feel like ever being in a group with like so many people of different beliefs you ever like questioned or just kind of had to like back away from christianity to like come back again
1: oh yeah 100 percent. um because <laughs> in school well, especially with the guys like if you're arguing with people you want a conversation if somebody couldn't have a comeback yeah. they couldn't even have said anything right or anything but if you couldn't have anything to say then you're done and then later on when you're in the shower you're thinking but um it was definitely a lot of things because it was conflicting because the one thing is that when you don't have a lot of like-minded individuals to help bolster your own and you're mm-hmm. just fighting on yourself it's a lot harder to be able to you know stand your ground and to be able to you know combat or to um have a defense on the, these things so it actually actually there was this one time where um a friend of mine and I went to um a Christian versus Muslim debate mm-hmm. and um uh it was like something organized by the school so um basically us i'll say the us on a christian side we got we got we got we got handled but it was the Muslim group that had organized it. So they already had their points uh, set up. They already mm-hmm. knew where they were coming in. We kind of came in blind. That's not really an excuse because, mm-hmm. you know, we should always be prepared for these right. kinds of things. But um, we definitely got washed. And after that day, I was definitely shaken. I was like, yo, you know, is, is Christ this, blah, see, blah, see, blah. Are they about that? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, was definitely, it was definitely a lot.
0: Yeah, I felt that. You know, I really want to go into apologetics for that reason. Mm-hmm. I never want to walk into an argument and someone hand me the Bible and I'm like, dang, but I've been reading this since day one. Yeah. So I always wanna have something ready. But I think you mentioned something that was really important that um, you need community who are also like-minded and also share the same beliefs. Yeah. Because um, I just realized, well for me personally, it's always in my lowest moments that I realized I really can't do this by myself. Yeah. And I don't think we're meant to, I mean, the Bible just says that like there's friends that are closer than a brother, I think it's like, and also iron sharpens iron. Right. and so. In our lowest moments or even in our high moments, we need other people who also believe in God, believe in Jesus, believe in the principles that we believe in to help us, uh, like, carry ourselves out of these situations. Oh, 100%. I
1: definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else better than um, just having people to reside back on to, you know, rely on when, you know, you're feeling down or even when, you know, you're wanting to learn because you guys are just feeding off of each other and helping each other grow Mm -hmm. so i definitely agree with that 100 percent. i definitely wish i had that when i first started going into college Mm.
0: so then let me ask you because you already mentioned that your friend group was pretty diverse do you feel like um a christian can be friends with a non-believer like very close friends and still um have like a very efficient prayer life and uh, spiritual life
1: um it's definitely possible however i will say it's not probable because if you guys are truly friends to, like, best friends to the sense, um, there's going to be some times where, you know, you guys adopt things of each other. Now, if your goal is, you know, to convert them, like, one of my great, good friends is Muslim. Um, we've been friends since college. And, um, you know, I'm still pulling him here and there, mm-hmm. you know. But um, um, there's definitely some times where, you know, there's push and pull from both sides. So I will say, like, if I had to offer any advice, if you did have like a group of people who were, um, on your back, because it, when you, for instance, I dated a girl of a different um religion, and man, that was that was definitely a, a case because um we did have some heated debates about it, mm-hmm. um, and you know it always came into you know what are the kids gonna be. What is this going to be? So, like, at, if both people are truly rooted in what they are um, believing in and um, f- have faith in, it's it's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to give at that point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, whether you give or she gives, it's somebody has to give. And it's it's, it's just um, going to end up to be at a point where both people are actually holding each other back from being where the God truly intends them mm-hmm. and wanting to be.
0: if you don't mind me asking what was like the main thing that you guys would like butt heads on when it came to like religion
1: oh our our lord and savior (laughs) oh my goodness man you know because in the quran um they they don't necessarily believe in the idea of they believe in the crucifixion but they believe it in a different like way so to muslims in the quran it says that um you know jesus didn't actually die on the cross Mm. you know he was replaced by somebody else um and you know god staged these this whole orchestration event to you know have the illusion that he rose and stuff like that Mm. so um that obviously that's x from by the way it's not true there's facts that you know he did die and rose again but um yeah it was things like that you know how the and um, obviously they don't believe that Jesus is is God. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely arguments about that. Because, you know, common um, Muslim apologetics will often say, you know, tell me in the Bible where Jesus said I'm God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know Jesus says I'm the Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. you know, he's the faithful witness. All these things that allude mm-hmm. to him being king. So um, though he doesn't say verbatim, um, they kind of try to use that against you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, God doesn't, God is a almighty God. He doesn't need to say these things verbatim, or He displays it in a way where, you know, actions speak louder than words mm-hmm. in the first point. So, um, there was definitely things like that where we would bicker heads and go back and forth. So, wow. eh, we're not together anymore. So, that's <laughs> why. <what happened. laughs>
0: I do find that so interesting because I realize people always say Christianity and um, Islam, they're very alike oh, very. in like, A lot of our morals are the same. A lot of what you would find in scripture is literally the same. But I think one of the main differing things is we believe in Jesus Christ as the son of God, Mm -hmm. and they believe him as just an ordinary prophet. And it's interesting because I always hear this argument that all religions are the same. You guys all believe in the same thing. So what's the difference? Like, how do you know which one is true and which one is not? And the way I always like see it is like Christianity is the only religion that would tell you that Jesus is God, but we all have the same principles. And Mm -hmm. so I just wonder if over time, like, the principles remain the same, but the main truth that you need in order to get salvation is what was revoked from these other religions. Because if Christianity <laughs> says, uh, be kind, do not steal, do not this, and Jesus is God, and every other religion says, be kind, do not steal, do not this, but Jesus was a prophet, but he wasn't God. People are going to find that like there's truth in that, and mm-hmm. so they cling to that, although it's not the 100% truth.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, It's true, Um, because a lot of times when there's an absence of information or it's not even necessarily conflicting information. It's just that the information is presented in a different way. Like look at the gospels, for example, you know, on the account of everybody finding Jesus' tomb empty, you know, John will say one thing. um, Mark will say a different thing. It's not necessarily two different things where like they contradict each other. It's just that it's omission of certain things because it's different perspectives of certain Mm -hmm. things. But at the end of the day, Jesus wasn't there and he rose again. So um there is a point to it begs the question of you know are we all missing a piece of a puzzle or does one have it right and everybody we have it right um (laughs) um and um you know we're just trying to bicker between who has this particular piece right and Mm -hmm. left and right
0: i think that's interesting so like let's say so tying it back to lukewarm christianity Mm -hmm. Um, we mentioned that sometimes there are foundational pieces that are missing from these Christians. And so although they've received salvation, of, of although they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they don't live as though they're for the kingdom. And I feel like one thing that we do lack in some churches is letting them know the principle, like, key foundations of our faith. Like, yes, you could believe Jesus was alive. A lot of people believe Jesus was alive, but they don't believe that he was the son of God. And so I feel like in order for us to combat um lukewarm christianity we have to know that number one jesus was a son of god and Mm -hmm. you know he was born of a virgin mary he died on the cross rose for our salvation and now we live for him but i feel like there are key points that are missing that allow people to know okay he was a man you know he died died for me cool but i'm still gonna live the life the way i want to um and so yeah what are your thoughts on that
1: oh yeah definitely um so the thing with that is that since there are a lot of missing points um i'll will preface this by that when they do say there's missing stuff a lot of them just aren't well informed mm. um because even you know muslim scholars and other religious scholars they will come and fill those gaps but you know us on the bare surface we're not paying attention to those little minute details about you know how these things were um attributed to so i will say that in order to be able to combat that kind of thing is that we do need to arm ourselves with knowledge. Um, we have to become filled with, you know, the spirit and to learn how to be able to discern between things that are of God or of the world to begin with, mm-hmm. because um, the enemy is always trying to attack in us where we're a lot of times we're on part time and, you know, he's working overtime all the time. So mm-hmm. we definitely need to be able to um, be able to combat that.
0: Very much so. So I wanna pull up this scripture because as I was doing some research, God like really laid it on my heart. So actually it was a scripture that we read, um mm-hmm. Revelations three fifteen. Um and the Bible says, I know your deeds, you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And so oh, I lied. I wanted to actually quote Deuteronomy 18.9, mm-hmm. which kind of um goes into that. And so this is a command from the Lord to the I- Israelites. Whenever he delivered them in battle and they would take over someone's land, right. he gave them instructions and he said, When you enter the land, the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcrafts, or cast spells or who is a medium or spirit uh, spiritist who consults the dead anyone who does these things is detestable to the lord because of these same detestable practices the lord your god will drive out these nations before you you must be blameless before the lord and so as i was doing research i realized that in taking on a new nation or in going into a new new land there's assimilation and there's acculturation Mm -hmm. and so assimilation is whenever um pretty much you adopt the culture of which you're going to and so you your culture kind of becomes the recessive gene where the Mm -hmm. new culture is the dominant gene and then acculturation is where you come into um, a new place and you you take on the culture but you still have your own so a lot of our parents came from ghana but and they learned to speak english so Mm -hmm. that they could still be here but they're still wearing the old ghana fits and, and still making the food that's acculturation but assimilation is those who come and they're like yo yo man i'm from america but you can still hear the accent and so i realized that whenever the lord was delivering a lot of the israelites into these like babylonian nations they were taking on practices of like sacrificing their baby to the fire and god is saying we like as my child you're not meant to do that even though that's the practice of the land and so i can say that even in 2023 um this like the word still applies so it says let no one be found sacrificing their son and daughter in the fire and like in 2023 we can pretty much say that that's abortion but we could find that in 2023 a lot of christians are pretty much supporting stuff like this like Mm -hmm. supporting abortion supporting um like crystals and things that are new age practices that are not necessarily of god mm-hmm. and i mean the bible clearly says that you know you have to be blameless before him and these detestable things would drive the lord away from you but i feel like because we don't know this sometimes or because we feel like it's like i'm still a christian god knows my heart you know i can do these things and god is still, still going to clear me i feel like we start to misunderstand that we're messing with two different kingdoms there
1: 100 percent. um yeah that that's a lot to unpack to begin with but it's definitely a case where you know where you said you said uh acculturation where we're adopting the ideas but we're not truly conforming mm-hmm. and that's a very good point because and let me get the scripture for so we good in romans 12 verse 2 it says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will so essentially that in, in in essence it's this adage you know we are not we're in this world but we're not of this mm-hmm. world so we need to remember that God has put us here for a specific purpose and a specific reason though we're surrounded by these fires he's given us the tools and the equipment to be able to combat these things to be able to be aware that they're there and he's given us the exact tools to be able to fight off of of, against it and to be able to see yo like this is this isn't this isn't what we're this isn't what i represent like Mm -hmm. i know you've heard that that real that that tiktok sound like um where it's like you know the person is doing something that he's they're not supposed to be doing and then um God will say, like, uh-uh, no, stop that. Mm. That's not what I represent or something like that. Wow. Yeah. So I think that that's um, something we always have to keep in the back of our mind because it's it's very hard because, you know, since a lot of us were brought up into, you know, the culture of, like, you know, I can say for us as Africans, you know, everybody wants to, you know, um listen to rap you know go outside gang bang and stuff because it seems like it's cool and stuff but like you know you bring that to an african home they're gonna like Yo, <laughs> are you mad like what what are you doing <laughs> Pull up no, literally so we have to be aware and that these things are not what are in our best interest and they're not what are guiding us into the right light
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think you mentioned a big thing which is culture and so in Romans twelve two it says, do not follow the patterns of this world. And literally, that's what culture is. It's the pattern of the way people do things. And so when we follow pop culture, when we follow rap culture, when we follow everything that the world is doing, I feel like it makes it, it makes it a little bit harder to cling to the word of God because there's always a little bit of meshing, like I kind of mentioned the assimilation. Mm-hmm. And then you get called out for standing out. So I feel like there's a lot of things that Christians are doing that essentially, like if we were really in our word we'd be like dang i know i'm not supposed to be doing that but because Mm -hmm. it's popular we do it and i don't think we see the way culture actually influences our life because many times we have this idea that there's our church life and then our home life and usually church you got to act right you know put on your best Mm -hmm. and then when you go home you can chill out listen to your rap music and do whatever 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 but on social media i realized and you know tune into the last episode about social media was really good um I realize that social media has such an effect on us that it has an effect on the way that we think it has an effect 100%. on the way that we dress the music that we listen to. And we don't even realize that that's representing the culture of the world. And so as it is really heavily influencing our lives, we're going back to the word of God. And it seems so contrary to what we're doing because we're following the culture of the world when God is calling us to be separate, mm-hmm. but it's not always that easy and it's not even easy to differentiate. Like, dang God, should I, should I be wearing this? should I not be wearing this should I be doing this cuz i i know christians who are like well i have crystals and god never convicted me mm. and so it's like how do you even go about that how do you balance the line between like well god didn't say anything to me about it
1: so that's definitely uh those things of like i'm not hearing a no so that must mean yes mm-hmm. but um you have to keep in mind like these things um it's first of all it's it, it's there in the bible first of all first and foremost um and that's definitely the exact definition of a lukewarm christian is um essentially like you know you're still barring all these um activities these attributes that are from the world you still want to be moving in that same pattern as you know the worldly people but you know god is convicting you and, t- and your fi- and that sense of guilt that heaviness in your chest that you're feeling that's god telling you like yo like get out of here like mm-hmm. this is not what you want like the other day on tiktok i saw that you know they're they're opening up um a christian club and um <laughs> is it in atlanta yes yeah, so it was in atlanta. yeah yeah so i was like okay so what does it look like and it's, it's it's literally what you imagine it to be like i think hookah was still there Hey, hookah. Some, um i don't i don't think any drinks were i didn't see any drinks but i'm assuming drinks would be there as well too um and like the only thing that was i wasn't there you know they were just playing worship music and like literally they're trying to emulate it but it wasn't exactly it so they're like i get a pass right mm-hmm. because i'm 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 putting my toe in the water but i'm not actually all the way in so mm-hmm. you told me not to swim so i'm just dipping it in i'm trying to see how far i can get into it without you know angry and use and since nobody's yelling at me mm-hmm. i'm not um I'm not I'm not feeling anything. So it definitely becomes a case where, you know, Christians nowadays that they have a lot of Jesus with them mm-hmm. for them to not truly enjoy the world, mm-hmm. but too much of the world to truly be happy with Jesus mm-hmm. in that sense.
0: Mm. That. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Ah. Wow. I think you're actually opening my mind because I've been seeing a lot of those videos and I was like, hey, let me go check out this Christian club in Atlanta <laughs> um, because I've noticed they play a lot of like, you know, those hype worship, not, well, not worship, but like hype rap Christian songs right. and stuff like that. Yeah. And this is what we're used to. And But the thing that's always in the back of my mind is, okay, so you go to these clubs and you get the club experience, but it's with Jesus. Is that bad? And sometimes I think like, is it too much of the world with a drop of Jesus or is it like a healthy balance where those who are like transitioning from like, Hey amen i was gonna go to the club but it's this christian club let me like transition on my way to christ like is it is it bad is it good is it is it something that god has called us to do or is it kind of like a back what do you call it like a instead of you to fully commit you're like taking like very small steps so you don't baby have steps. to fully submit
1: yeah well i guess for yeah at that point you you are like you said taking baby steps into it because you know from somebody who's literally coming from that lifestyle and like trying to excuse me turn themselves around Mm -hmm. into that i guess that's you know their safe way because they're still feeling that um you know that way that they used to feel Mm -hmm. but the point of coming into christ into god is to not feel that same way Mm -hmm. anymore you're trying to get a different feeling um that's like you know um you used to be addicted to tobacco Mm -hmm. but then you're taking the nicotine patch right um both are not necessarily in a position where you want to be in but the nicotine patch is a little bit better because it's helping you get off of the um tobacco itself Mm -hmm. but then now you're stuck on this one and then if you're trying to transition into you know just being with faith itself it's a little bit hard because you're still putting yourself in that habit like i like listening and I'm not saying loud music and going out to clubs Mm -hmm. is wrong or anything like that by all means um in fact worship is more about like what is being said and not necessarily about where you're worshiping at because you know worship is with us to begin with but if you're trying to come into a new life I don't think you should be trying to Stay as close as to your old life as you possibly can, because mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're contradicting yourself mm. at that point. You're
0: speaking facts, man. I try to. Wow, I think it's necessary sometimes to do the cold turkey route. Sometimes it's really hard, but yeah. for me personally, I know myself. I'd rather do cold turkey than to like inch because I would drag my feet with it, right. and so it's like I'd rather take a really cold ice bath than to keep you know warming up the water just to get that feel like, okay, I'm completely new, I'm completely different. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. So I wanna actually refer to another scripture um, where, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay, so I do realize this a lot in, outside of Christianity, but just in this generation, is that, I mean, this is my opinion, because, hey, I feel like this generation, we're very sensitive, we're very soft, we're very, we like to teeter around, like, the truth, we don't like to say things as they are, and I feel like that creep has creeped its way into Christianity, because, mind you, it's culture, and culture is gonna affect people, and people are Christians, people are whatever religion, but culture really affects the way we do things, and so, I feel like, within the faith, It's kind of harder to act it out because of the way we've become so sensitive to things to the Mm -hmm. point where you could be in church. A pastor says a very convicting message, which is supposed to get you right. But because you don't like it and because you'd rather take an offense than receiving the conviction, we turn to unforgiveness. We probably leave the church sometimes. We um, just kind of respond in a way that refutes the message instead of actually taking it in. And it actually reminds me there's this parable of the sower where there were four different types of soils. The farmer laid seed on good soil, rocky soil, yeah, maybe dry soil, I don't know, <laughs> or some other type of soil. And pretty much there was one type of soil that it would take in the um it would take in the seed, mm-hmm. but then because it was shallow ground, it would like when whenever adversity came, it would choke out whatever was growing. And I feel like that's what lukewarm Christianity kind of looks like now in the sense of sometimes the word does take seed in our hearts, but when adversity comes or whenever things that become too harsh or too real for us, then we become, we, we kind of take on this sensitive, um, this sensitive like covering and then we don't get to take the word in it as it is. So like, do you have any thoughts on that? Or does that make any sense?
1: Um, so essentially what you're saying is that because we don't allow, you know, the truth to truly settle within ourselves, um, we're still when whenever our boat is rocked, that's when you know we try to abandon ship and then we just try to go back to where we're most comfortable. Is that? Is that... Mm,
0: you said it beautiful. Okay. Yeah.
1: So yeah, um, definitely that's that's definitely a case, and that's um to go with the seed analogy. That's just a case of you know your roots aren't completely set into your soil yet. Um, you're allowing yourself to be shaken up by these little things. It the truth is going to hurt, but you have to pay pay in mind that. God's truth is the almighty truth. That's 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 the one you're trying to follow because scripture time I got you. I'm not like Sabrina, I don't have these off the top of my head. So Um on John eighteen, chapter thirty seven, Jesus answered, said, You say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify the truth. And everyone who's on the side of truth listens to me. So basically forget what everybody else is saying if it's counter to what i'm telling you as your king then that you've pro- proclaimed me to be. jesus isn't saying I'm, I'm in that instance he didn't say i am i'm king right mm-hmm. then and there he's saying you're call you're choosing to you've chosen to listen and trust into me mm-hmm. so i'm telling you those who claim that they 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 genuinely they genuinely believe and understand my truth and what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's not about you know, what this person is saying, what this person, your experiences are valid in whatever aspect mm-hmm. of they be. But if they're counter to whatever the truth, capital T truth, mm-hmm. of what Jesus is coming to tell you, there's that supersedes everything right. that is to be. We get we get too scared to, you know, um, tell people some certain things because, you know, we don't want to ruffle some feathers or we, we don't want them to look at us some certain way or we don't want them to feel judged mm-hmm. by some certain way at the end of the day people are going to say whatever they're going to say at the end of the day so but what matters the most is what god has been telling you Mm -hmm. and what you've been receiving from him and Mm -hmm. how you apply that and take that into your life there's going to be some times where people are going to push back Mm -hmm. and you'll have to be prepared for that yeah but if you're not deeply rooted within god and who you're at that point, if you're running away from it, is you don't you don't trust God enough mm. because you're you're thinking like He can't save you in that certain certain mm-hmm. situation, which it, it's not fair because you put your faith into Him, and then when push comes to shove, you're abandoning ship and you're just wow. running away.
0: That's that's good. What I think uh what you said about capital T truth is really what I think a lot of us. I really feel like I'm coming for Christians today. Please, Christians, <laughs> like I'm coming for you guys. I'm coming for myself too. Um, but what you said is so true because i've heard a lot of my truth your truth their truth our truth and then it kind of brings us back to okay so because your truth is your perspective i can't negate that whatever you feel whatever you've experienced i can't tell you that did not happen because i'm not you and you can't say the same thing for me Mm -hmm. however sometimes we do allow our truths or our perspectives to shape the way that we view the world which i mean is the most natural thing to do Mm -hmm. however Being a Christian calls us to actually come out of our own experience. Because you can sit here and say that all girls are liars. And Mm -hmm. I can sit here and say all guys are cheaters. Mm -hmm. And now, it's a very strong argument, you know, Mm -hmm. very, very strong. However, the objective statement is that not all men are cheaters and not all women are liars. And so when we come out of our own truth and our own experiences, we can take God's truth as what he said for us. So we can realize, okay, you know, maybe I have I've had the bad, you know, worst experience with men. Maybe you've had the worst experience with women. But whatever God says is the final and like, end all be all. And mm-hmm. I think we have to be okay with that, even if it doesn't match exactly what we see.
1: Yeah, 100%. And what sprino was basically, what you were basically saying is that it's all based on, you know, perspectives at that point. Mm-hmm. But what, whose, matter, whose perspective matters the most is God's perspective. Because, mm-hmm. um, let me put it like this. So have this water bottle right and then there's this nut from okay sabrina from your perspective what do you see
0: i see a water bottle
1: that's it Mm -hmm. but from where i'm looking at i can see the water bottle and the nut Mm -hmm. right next to it but that's just because of where i'm standing that's where my experience is Mm -hmm. both of you're not wrong in what you're saying that you just see the water bottle Mm -hmm. that's all you see i see a complete i see a more fuller picture but i don't see the complete picture because now if i stand up and look from above and below i can see you know i can see the nut that's here i can see the water bottle Mm -hmm. i can see what's probably behind the water bottle that's right here and that's where god is because he sees all realms so wouldn't it make more sense to get the perspective from the person who can see all things and predict all things and who has a plan for all those things rather than just going based on you know what he said she says. it's not yours isn't invalid but mm-hmm. it's just not the full complete picture mm-hmm. in that sense that's no yeah. that's
0: good uh the bible says that we all prophesy in part and so anytime i prophesy i'm not giving the entire full picture because if i were to give the entire full picture i would be god and god knows that me i'm, I'm not god mm-hmm. and so i feel like there's a beautiful part about humans that we have to depend on each other because God is only going to show me this side but he's going to show you that side and because I can't see what you see we have to depend on each other 100%. and in that we can depend on him and so like uh, there's this name for God it's called Elri and it's mm-hmm. the God who sees and I think it's so beautiful that we can call on him because he sees what we don't which is why the Bible mentions that the beginning of wisdom is it fear the fear of the Lord is the fear beginning of, of the wisdom Lord is, the is of there wisdom? a fly?
1: There was something.
0: Oh, the fear of the <laughs> Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I do believe that a lot of us, we need to truly understand what it means to fear God. Because I've heard some arguments that are just like, what well, does it doesn't mean to like be afraid of him? It means to like revere and respect him. And I've heard other arguments where it's like, nah, you got to be afraid of this man. So how would you define? Oh, my
1: thoughts are, yeah, you got to mm-hmm. fear him. Fear God, 100%. Like what fear is in a sense is that it's a sense of a little bit of ambiguity and a sense of, you know, danger that's gonna come onto yourself um i believe um morris on your last episode i watch watch it too we're fans here we're all fans (laughs) but um on your last episode or other episode um morris was speaking on the um experiment with the rats and the um Mm -hmm. the cheese and the the, um the cat when they had that smell of the cat that was there they moved a lot faster Mm -hmm. so same thing with humans if we just if we know we as a christian or any believer of faith we mm-hmm. all expect a reward at the end of the day right at, like after the end of this lifetime right but we'll we'll do we'll do a lot for some money we'll do a lot for some you know we know something is coming th- mm-hmm. coming you know we'll run for it but the moment we hear you know have you ever like seen a stray dog just booking at you you just and you see it coming at you the, the way the way the way your body like transforms itself in the way you're able to just you're running in a way that you never thought you could be able to do. You're mm-hmm. performing in different ways that you're never able to do. And like scientifically what's happening is that like your sympathetic nervous system is like injecting like um adrenaline into your body. That's mm-hmm. literally what your fight or flight or, or response is. It tells you like, you know, run or run away. Your eyes dilate, your blood vessels um dilate, everything is get bigger you, you smell better. You hear better. Everything, everything gets heightened 100% in order for you to achieve the best thing you can do. Now, granted, it's not supposed to last forever, mm-hmm. but I do definitely think if, like, in our daily lives, we can put that sense of fear with God in our daily lives, we have that sense of urgency to be able to do, you know, these things. If, like, if we we know that hell is there, mm-hmm. but, like, you know, back in the Old Testament days, like... You know, we knew that like if we did something wrong, like God is gonna strike us down, like right here, right, right now, right here, so, right now, like that. And I think that's where, uh, like a kind of a divide is between our generation and g- their generation mm-hmm. is that you know we didn't have that immediate, um, what's the word? That immediate negative reinforcement of God's wrath attacking us right then and there is going to happen, but by the time it happens, it's too late, mm-hmm. and you know there's nothing for us to do. So we always naturally let ourselves know, like, yo, if I keep doing this, like, I'm, I'm not gonna go to heaven. I'm not gonna enter enter eternal life. Like, mm-hmm. let me, let me. I don't wanna burn. I mm-hmm. uh, will definitely. I think no. I don't think I know that we're gonna start moving in ways that we never thought we were gonna move. We're gonna be a lot less shy about you know opening up about God. We're gonna be a lot less, um, timid about you know trying to tell. Our friends like yo, I don't want to do this because you know it's against what God is telling me to do, Mm hundred percent. So definitely a fear. There's there's definitely respect there. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying like you know he's big bad, um, God. Like he doesn't he's he's at the end of the day he's still love. Right. But same thing with like you know your parents. Like you know they'll beat you, they'll (laughs) do whatever they do um to you. But at the end of the day, you know you still say, "Mommy, I love you." Daddy, I love you, or whatever
0: exactly that oh my gosh every time i think of like fearing god i think of like a black mom <laughs> it's like you have like that much respect that you're not gonna take them off because you know you're gonna like get popped you're gonna get whooped and i think that like what you said with our parents we need to have that same mentality with god i feel like grace allows us to like I, grace lets us off the hook a lot where God is very merciful, very kind, and sometimes, man, if God was African or if God was African parent, man, <laughs> you would not even be alive to this day. But I think it's, it's, it's very good that we're able to still read the Old Testament and the New Testament. I know people are just like, well, if we have the New Testament, why do we need the Old? I do really feel like reading the Old Testament shows you what you're not getting because mm-hmm. they got a lot of wrath especially yeah. in the old testament like whenever i read the old testament i'll be feeling like dang god like strike <sighs> us down now Literally. because we are we're, <laughs> we're not doing what we're supposed to
1: by do. this time we would have had like cis floods the medias oh, okay
0: <laughs> all of us would have be having what do you call them
1: them rashes, rashes and everything
0: oh man and so i really like when i go into the new testament sometimes i'm like man god you got soft on us you gotta, you gotta punish like like, yeah. like like you used to i mean thank god that he doesn't but Um, I do feel like the Old Testament is very necessary for us to know what God would have done versus his grace now. And so even with that being said, like God being wise in his own ways, I think the respect that we need to give him, we need to respect him a little bit more. I could say we need to put put some respect on his name because that man has not struck you down for the thing that you did last night that you thought nobody saw you do. Mm -hmm. He has not struck you down, but yet still his word is his word. And so I was doing some research and. Uh, i don't know if you know Uzzah. Is it Uzzah or Uzzah? there was the ark of the covenant in the bible that they mm-hmm. used to carry it was a large box and then on the side of the box they had rings and then they had holes that went through mm-hmm. it so that they could carry the ark of the covenant and so it was in abinadab's house for so many years he had two children Uza, Uza, or and ahio oh i hope i'm saying these names <laughs> right and so um king david wanted to do something special throw a ceremony where um they really honored god so Uh, king david told him to put it on a cart a cart with like um oxen that were gonna move it so they put it on the cart but the oxen stumbled and the ark of the covenant started shaking so azza tried to like save it Mm -hmm. from falling and as soon as he touched the ark of the covenant he died and the bible says that the wrath of the lord was against him because of his irreverent Mm -hmm. act and so a lot of people reading this are like god how dare you strike this man down for trying to save Save your covenant and uh, your ark of the covenant and so I really think that sometimes we look at things from a perspective in which we don't understand why God does a certain thing, mm-hmm. but God, at the end of the day, whether you were trying to save it, whether you were trying to clean it, God said, don't touch it. Mm-hmm. And so with that understanding and that respect that people had for God, they should know not to touch it as a, I don't know what he was trying to do. Maybe he was curious, maybe he was trying to save it. But then it also brought me back to the fact that King David disrespected god in the way that he was actually trying to um, honor him Mm -hmm. because the bible mentioned there's a way that you're actually supposed to hold the ark you're supposed to hold the poles because your hands are not meant to touch it Mm -hmm. um if you go back to i think like first or second kings there was a moment where israel lost the battle the ark of the covenant was in um some type of enemy territory and the king dagon was bowing down to this ark of the covenant and they kept bringing him up like man you're the king you're not supposed to bow down to this israel god so they brought him back up Next day, they found him worshiping it again. They said, man, you're a king. Don't be bowing down to this. Israelite God. The third day, whenever he was bowing down to it, I think he was connected to it. His limbs were severed from his body. Mm-hmm. Now, that alone, I was like, God, if you ain't God, I don't know what else. Because for my, li- my limbs to be severed from my body for just worshiping you, that's that's mad. That's, yeah. that's mad things. So they sent the Ark of the Covenant back. And when people looked inside the Ark, it, it said like 70 people died from just looking inside the Ark. And when I read these things, I'm like, dang, God, you are really the shiznit out here. Like, we need to respect him for who he is. And I think we need to understand that God is God. He's still a deity. He might not strike you down now, but, man, hell is real. Yeah,
1: your time is definitely going to oh come. my gosh. 100%. And also, too, a lot of people come and look at it like, how can he be a loving and just God if he if he can't, you know, decipher between somebody trying to help his covenant and things like that. But I, the way I see it is that. He's he's going to if he says he's going to do something he's going to do it mm-hmm. 100%. No matter what. Because imagine he didn't um strike Uza down when he did that. Other people might say, "Oh, well then if I do it this certain way then maybe I won't get striking down, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm playing it off." But what he said was final. At the end of the, it's his choice whether he decides to or not. Be, but he he has to make that point where if he says something is going to happen because if he gives even a little bit of an inch mm-hmm. because us as humans that's what we'll do we'll give an inch there we'll give some exceptions here and there and that's when some certain people come and um push us over or mm-hmm. they'll come and like take advantage of certain things but god is not somebody you can take advantage of yeah he's 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 a brick wall. He's like there's nothing that you can tell him or sway him from. Him. If he says he's going to do something, he's mm-hmm. going to do that. He said he was going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh's heart was definitely hardened for Moses, even though he knew that there was a path mm-hmm. that, because he knew what he was trying to attain at right. that same time
0: right we definitely need to respect god because his yeses are his yes and his nos nose are his, are his nose. nose now you know there are moments in the bible where he is flexible with human beings which i love like whenever he was on the mountain with um abraham abraham was like okay please if there are 50 people if there are 10 people if there are five people can you save them and at the end of the day god still stuck to his word mm-hmm. and so yes he's he's as tough as a brick wall and he's so like sweet and uh and flexible like a flowing ocean and i think we need to understand that there's multiple aspects of god and so there are moments where he's just going to be showing you straight discipline he's going to be like a soldier being like hey man stop doing that i'm not gonna even i'm not even gonna allow you to feel good while you're doing this and there's other moments where he's just like i'm gonna give you some grace and i'm gonna allow you to go through that and so i do feel like we need to understand these different aspects of god but tying back into even lukewarm christianity notice how david Earlier in the other scriptures, the Bible mentioned there's a way to go about the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. And David, in his own wisdom, wanted to honor God in a different way by putting it on a cart. God never said to put the Ark of the Covenant on a cart. And because of David trying to trying to honor God but do it his own way, it led to Uzzah dying at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And he probably never saw that coming because nobody would have known that the, the donkey or the oxen would have stumbled. But it's like he tried to still honor God while doing it his own way. And I feel like we still do that in 2023 we still do it where god i love you but i'm gonna still take this drink you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. god i love you and i'm not saying drinking is wrong but there are moments where there's general conviction and then there's personal conviction and so i never like sometimes i try not to tell people like this is right or wrong according to what i believe i always try to bring it back to the scripture so the bible doesn't say you know do not drink but there are moments where God will convict you as a person not to drink because your generational line is full of alcoholics. And God knows that yeah. if you start drinking, you are going to follow that line. And so although the Bible does say, you know, uh, drink but don't get drunk, for you, yeah. God might be telling you, ayo, no Casamigos, no tequila, no al- no margaritas, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes I try to understand where do you draw the line between general conviction and personal conviction?
1: Oh, perfect. Like, um, I don't know the exact verse, but what you were saying was like, um the bible is saying that to do not be drunk with wine but be filled with the spirit mm-hmm. so in essence allow the holy spirit to fill you and to consume you in those things where you're um and everything that you do and that's what um will help allow you to see which way you're trying to fight and i think your question was um how do we know if it's a general um conviction, conviction or personal, or personal. Mm-hmm. um 100 i think Every lesson within the Bible is a general conviction. However, depending on the season that you're currently living in, in this thing, a personal conviction will come into you and let you know at a certain moment, yo, this, what we're doing here, we got to do this, or I'm calling you to do this right here, right now. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very circumstantial because obviously the Bible is, it's one book, but at the same time every single lesson isn't one size fits all for this certain right. thing. So you need to make sure that and that's why it's important to be well versed in the Bible so you can be able to be prepared for every for every single circumstance. Cuz mm-hmm. there's an answer there for every single circumstance. Right. But if you're not aware of it, um yeah. if you're ignorant to what God is t- supposed to be telling you to do, then how are you how are you supposed to tell that it's a conviction? You're not going to be able to hear god's voice in that certain moment because Mm -hmm. you're just not aware of what's going on
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, what you said there is very important like having to be well versed in scripture Mm -hmm. because god could use the same scripture speak to you differently speak to me differently Mm -hmm. based of our own experiences but yet still he's saying the same thing he's saying do not steal so he's probably talking about some don't steal somebody's girlfriend telling me not to steal meat from the soup Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it's do not steal and so he's speaking facts man
1: 100 percent. and then same thing what you're saying is that um how our experiences affect like how we're learning it also i see a lot of times uh, especially with lukewarm christians is that they tend to look through the bible with the lens of the world Mm -hmm. rather than looking at the world through the lens with the bible so the way the what i mean by this is that like they're trying to look into the bible to see you know what they can like relate to even though the bible may be saying you know don't do this but over here in this scripture it says they did that so like a perfect example of this is that like a lot of times guys will um you know validate um sleeping with a lot of women because Mm -hmm. they'll say you know oh solomon had a whole bunch of wives and david did did blah, 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 blah 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 but then in another scripture it'll say you know adultery you're not supposed to be doing that so it's like The Bible doesn't contradict itself. Mm -hmm. It's people who are looking at it that cause the contradictions. Mm -hmm. And that's what allows the enemy to come and slither in and like try to poke these little holes because it's not it's not from God's word. It's from it's from um, the way that some people are kind of interpreting it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's I got I I got I got another
0: one. Come on with the scripture.
1: So in 1 John 4, um, verse 5, they are, they are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. Mm-hmm. So when you are trying to put yourself into, put your views into the Bible that way, you're going to find other things that try to like aid in that. Like they're going to, help bolster that ideology whether it's your friends or something that you see online mm-hmm. that's going to help you like oh it's saying it this way oh i can i can live my life that way then because mm-hmm. you know i'll, I'll just omit that little part from the bible because you know that's how i'm feeling right then mm-hmm. and there and what they call it in um psychology is called a confirmation bias and where that is is where you're looking for information that only agrees with your viewpoint mm-hmm. so that's like where a person will say you know um you know 66% of um people who laugh die and you hey. can go and find you can go and find a study saying you know of these people that died all these people died ha ha checkmate i win but you could literally do that for everything mm-hmm. in life you can find something that will try and point and that's another thing that people will try and take a lot of scriptures out of um context mm-hmm. and then try and throw it as like their basis I don't remember the exact scripture, but I know it's in the book of Habakkuk where um, Jesus, God was instructing somebody to write something on a stone tablet mm-hmm. and to present it to um a bunch of people. And so now people will now come and take that and say, oh, because they wrote something down, that means it's going to be life like mm-hmm. 100% every single time. But that's that's not the case. And that, that was a very specific circumstance where mm-hmm. God was telling somebody to do something very specific for a specific purpose. Right. But you can't come and take that and say oh let me come and write this here and there and you know everything in my life is just going to happen because i've written it down Mm -hmm. it's happened in the bible so it's supposed to happen to me too right
0: no no no. that's a huge thing i think that happens people take scripture out of context and then Mm -hmm. when it doesn't work or when it doesn't apply then they're like god like what's going on are you even god is this even the voice that Mm -hmm. and i feel like especially with like new age practices where it's like manifesting write this down three times oh, spin around blow a whistle and then it's gonna happen i'm like okay come on now like manifestation is a biblical principle mm-hmm. however my, my thing is like if you're not getting it from jesus who are you gonna get it from mm-hmm. like you're manif- manifesting a car and then a car comes if it wasn't in jesus name where did it come from so i do um i, I do like what you said about like what'd you say something about manifestation
1: I didn't say manifestation. You said manifestation. I
0: know, but I picked <laughs> up the idea from something that you said. what you say?
1: I said that you shouldn't take from the Bible and try and apply it And
0: Yes, religion. that pretty much. So I see that a lot of people try to um, mix like the manifestation principle of Christianity, but mm-hmm. kind of fit it in with like New Age practices because mm-hmm. they also practice manifestation. However, it's not in Jesus' name, and so I realize that's where a lot of perversion of Christian things happen, where you believe that okay, you believe in Jesus. But you're doing a new age principle, a new age practice, which is probably even witchcraft. But because you believe in Christ, you feel like, okay, it's coming together in some way. And that's probably, you know, nine times out of ten, that's not true. You can't pray to a crystal. Or you can't say, and I've heard this argument that, like, God gave us crystals. God gave us weed. God gave us shrooms. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm using it, am I not just glorifying him in the process? No. No, Why no?
1: No. Because, first of all, if you're praying to a crystal, that's idolatry right then and there. So offer it that's it and um though god created this world and everything in it the uses of certain things um that's all on you 100 mm-hmm. because he gave us that free will for a reason if that was the case you can then go back to genesis and be like you know god made the fruit and you know adam and eve um bid it so it's on god it's not on them because mm-hmm. you know if he didn't want them to do that why did he put it there Mm -hmm. but god has a very specific reason for why these certain things are here and there so if he's telling you not to do something not to touch something and you're still going out of your way whether you're Mm -hmm. deceived or somebody has pushed you or you know you just you know hey hey man forget about it i'm gonna just do this and live with it tomorrow right um that's that's still completely on you because like i said god is not a dominion god he's not over here playing puppet master with every single one of us He's leaving it up to you and even still he gives the choice of us choosing to come to him up to us as well too so that's yeah that's all i can say on that
0: yeah that's pretty good i try (laughs) i mean i don't have anything else to say i mean do you have any questions for me or like any experiences you want to share about lukewarm christianity
1: um any questions for you or experiences i will ask you i guess i guess for you when when where would you say that being a lukewarm christian is like you're either in it or you're not in it or is it like you have lukewarm christian tendencies and you can come like they come they come in flashes or something like that, that are you speaking
0: sense. generally or like me personally
1: for you personally okay so your question is so like is it black and white like? I'm a lukewarm Christian, or I'm a I'm I'm fire for God, or is it like I'm on fire for God, but like there's still flashes of lukewarm Christian tendencies in me here and there because you know I'm human, yeah.
0: I would say the latter for me personally. Um, I do feel like there's like the state of being lukewarm where it's just like in everything that you do it's just very lukewarm Mm -hmm. versus you still have those tendencies where you're like on the rise like oh yeah i'm doing this and this and this for god but you know i'm not as consistent as i need to be in like reading my word and i feel like that's where i'm at um where like my whole life like the way i live my life it glorifies god so sometimes Mm -hmm. i'm like from the from the clothes that i wear to the food that i eat to the time that i do certain things i'm always asking god like okay god this this and this so he's involved in my everyday life but then he's like okay we're ready to get into that word and like i'm under the covers and i'm like mm-hmm. yeah god i got you and then i fall asleep and this would happen like days and days and days and days but yet still i'm still like interacting with him and so i feel like i usually hey, am i contradicting myself i feel like i have a lot of uh what's it called like lu- lukewarm okay. tendencies at mm-hmm. times but essentially i wouldn't say that i stay in a state of being lukewarm
1: okay I, yeah i definitely agree because i don't think it's I think it's more like a um, uh, a mixing pot of mm-hmm. sorts because there's certain attributes that each person will have that, you know, on surface, you know, they can seem like you know, they're on fire for God, they're doing this, that and the third, but then when they go on home, you know, they're still going home to masturbate or they're still doing mm-hmm. these things. And to that um, does that make them less Christian? Because I mean, in a sense, yes. But at the same time, they're still battling and combating through these things. And they're going to come up at the end of the day. These things are there to come and test us. But I feel like at the same... No, I don't feel like. I think that at the same time, we need to be careful of not getting to the stage where we get to... Oh, what was I going to say? I lost what I was going to say. We need to get to a stage where we don't get too complacent mm-hmm. into us but oh Charlie,
0: <laughs> i'm telling you maybe it's the time of the night like maybe
1: i don't know i've been up since like five today so but if if it's if it's good god will bring it back to me
0: Amen. I so i want to ask you to clarify so you said like does it make them less christian in mm-hmm. a sense how so
1: so are you asking does it make it less christian when they have those tendencies
0: like let's say someone who puts on face you know at church or whatever and then Mm -hmm. they go back home and they still have their struggle of maybe masturbating or maybe over drinking and stuff like that so um how would that make them less christian
1: um i would say it not less that maybe that was a bad word but less than what they are trying either trying to attain to be or trying Mm -hmm. to act like they are right because they're presenting themselves like, you know, they're this, that. They're on a moral high ground to tell people this, that, and the third. But then, you know, they're, they're still dealing with their own virtues and vices. Right. So at that at that point, um, there it was. I was going to say, because, you know, we have the idea of, like, once you're saved, you're always saved. Yeah. So it, it goes to the sense where people will think like oh i do all this in my normal life so i'm saved so i can now i can chill now i'm mm-hmm. relaxed but then somebody I can't, I can't remember who i was talking to um one of my cousins he's a pastor um and he was saying that was um we were talking like in a group and somebody had said um you know we <sighs> why do i keep forgetting these things these are so good too it's the enemy <laughs> in the water. yeah <laughs>
0: said your cousin's a pastor.
1: Cousin's pastor. We're sitting around and <clears throat> See, this is why you don't bring in irrelevant information. Just <laughs> put on the facts because you lose what you're about to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if it comes back, it comes it back. Comes, okay, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 <laughs> you. It happens all the time, literally. Literally, yeah. Just just fair one. I don't usually talk. This is actually the most I've ever talked like at, at once. I don't usually really, talk. You I don't usually, really like just talk, talk, talk. No, no, no. I usually like these things I listen to. So it's like I just like to listen. Mm-hmm. So actually hearing this back I'm actually gonna cringe because I don't like hearing my voice. But <laughs> No, most people are like
0: that. But you know, it's funny because sometimes I'm sitting here and I'm just like spewing out and I'm like, That didn't make no sense. <laughs> then when I watch it, I'm like, Oh, that made sense. Oh
1: so yeah, spinning hot fire, spinning hot fire. Hot fire. Yeah. Um, there was another question I wanted to ask you though. But um for you. Excuse me. Oh, I guess I guess when we first started we didn't really talk about it, but like you know how Revelation says, you know, I wish you were either hot or I wish you were either cold so that, um, you know, I may use you, blase, blase, blase. So to you, what does that mean, the hot and the cold? What would you say that means Steve?
0: I feel like God is saying either you're going to be a Christian or not. Like mm. either you're going to be my child and abide by my rules and my kingdom or you're going to define me and let it be that clear. But don't don't be pretending that you're for me while you're still you know mm-hmm. with the enemy because i think throughout scripture the way that god defines our relationship sorry for the interruption but uh the way that the bible describes our relationship with god is like a marriage and so <laughs> i love this i don't even know where it is i'm probably gonna put it on the video mm-hmm. god gets very graphic where he says like you've cheated on me with those egyptian with the big genitals and mm-hmm. stuff like that and what he was doing was describing how the Israelites over and over were cheating on him with these other gods and um, the detestable practices. And so whenever I, I the Bible describes a relationship with God as a marriage, I always understand that whenever we are teetering on the line, it's like, okay, I'm married to you, Jesus, but I'm kind of cheating on you with this Babylonian spirit. Like, I'm kind of doing things that I'm not supposed to do, things that you're not going to be proud of. And he's like, I'd rather you be married to me or you're not going to be my, my wife i think that's that's the way i see it so either you're for me or you're against me don't 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 play
1: the line interesting i actually have a little bit of a different take on that Mm -hmm. um so the way i see it is that they're kind of like two heads of the same coin Mm -hmm. um in the sense that for being either hot or cold you're you have different properties in each both both of them are christians in a sense but because based on what you're saying you said that like the code was like you know you don't you don't care for god you're just you're just doing your own thing and then obviously the hot is like you know i'm hot on god i'm on fire for him mm-hmm. but i definitely think that it's important to look at you know the context in terms of like the whole bible because obviously god desires for everybody to come on him right. so for him to say like i would rather you just not be anything at that point it kind of contradicts mm-hmm. um what he kind of teaches so I guess from a holistic biblical standpoint if we take it like literally mm-hmm. you know hot water you know we can use it to make tea we can use it for like hot bath it's mm-hmm. soothing for us and all these things but then if it's cold water it's refreshing it can help chill things it can it has it has its own purpose too because um in the, in the verse um God, um God is talking to um, the Church of starts with an L. I think I have it too. Don't bark at me, please.
0: Hilarious! y'all we have a special guest.
1: He hates me, by the way, guys. <laughs> All day I've been trying to be friends with him, but he was not having it. But that's okay. I you have a dog. Us, mm-hmm. Um, the Church of Ladosia and above it was the. Um, was Hierapolis and Colossae. So in Hierapolis, they had hot springs where, you know, they were known for having like rejuvenating properties. They healed, you know, you could bathe in it mm-hmm. and all these things. And then Colossae, um, that's where you had the cold springs. Everything was chilled. Everything was fresh over there. But by the time there was a um aqueduct that led to L- Ladosia, which is the lukewarm city mm-hmm. where th- by the time the waters from both sides reached that side, um, the water had become filthy. It, you know, mm-hmm. it was lukewarm. They couldn't. They couldn't do anything with it because mm-hmm. it was just so disgusting. Yeah. So I think that's kind of more of the route that, um, and that, that that's seeing. That's the beautiful thing about this guys because both of us, you know, we're having this conversation. We're both Christians in our own right, but we're mm-hmm. still seeing the Bible in a different way. Mm-hmm. But it's still the same scripture, right? So I think that's the beautiful thing about... Wait, so in that, what would you
0: say is the hot and what would you say is the cold?
1: In, like, real life? Yeah. So it it really just depends. Um, I would say this: the hot one is, like, you know, on fire, you know, for God and everything like that. But at the same time, being cold doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you're cold from God. But it could just mean that, you know, you're a bit more low-key with it, but you're still praising God. And some certain rights. It's not necessarily. It's. I don't think it's necessarily for us to stick on the actual hot and cold. But it's more a sense that like both hot water and cold water has a purpose, Mm -hmm. and they can both be used. If that makes Mm. sense.
0: Okay, so I'm trying to conceptualize. Okay, so we have hot, cold, but then lukewarm is in the middle. Mm -hmm. So how would lukewarm be in the middle of? Because okay, what you're explaining is like Mm -hmm. being hot is like being on fire for God. You're loud about it and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, right? being cold is like still being for god but you're like more on the chill
1: side not necessarily th- that, that was just my personal example mm-hmm. the main the main point was that like and like a real life example the cold water could still potentially be the person that's hot on god for um probably for means if like we're looking at it for taking the um analogy very very literally the hot mm-hmm. and cold but essentially what my point was just saying like cold water has its purpose Mm -hmm. and hot water has its purpose Mm -hmm. so translating it over into um the real world is that you know you can still you can evangelize as a pastor but at the same time you could also evangelize as you know a homeless person Mm -hmm. just being on the street so i think it plays in the sense that like god can literally use anybody Mm -hmm. anytime if that if that kind of makes sense interesting
0: yeah okay so then my question being like that hot being on one side of the spectrum and cold being on another side of the spectrum how does lukewarm fit into the middle of that
1: so in the ah and that's another thing too so since it's not necessarily a spectrum Mm -hmm. it's kind of like because of these attributes they they kind of all right let's let's say think of it like as a t-bone at top Mm -hmm. and then if you're not really cold, you're not really hot and you just let it subside and it goes mm-hmm. down to the bottom and it's sitting and it's settling. Wow. That's that's where the lukewarm is because you're not you're not using anything from the hot side, you're not using anything from the cold side and it's just coming down and nothing nothing wow. can be used at all. That, that's that a very sense.
0: interesting take. I've never heard that before okay different perspectives versatility yeah. we love it yeah. okay well do you have any lasting words to the soakers of vitamin d
1: um i love y'all i appreciate sabrina for bringing me on here it was fun um fun fact about me i actually kind of detest podcasts because <laughs> people just say anything on here and Some people shouldn't be like saying anything sabrina so far hasn't said anything to to crucifying yet but like she says, she's the only one that can cancel her anyway so i can't do anything about it but i had a lot of fun it was very insightful i learned a lot um i hope you guys learned a lot as well too and i hope i can probably come back for another episode you know if if you guys like me if she likes me
0: give us a last piece of wisdom
1: a last piece of wisdom um since our, we're talking about lukewarm, um, don't stay complacent. Don't be indifferent about where you are. Um, always strive to try and do something. That doesn't mean just stay busy. Um, be deliberate in what you're doing. Have a goal for what you're trying to do. But at the same time, don't be afraid to ask for help because you know we're put on this world to fellowship with each other, one another. We're a community. We're supposed to work together. So don't be afraid to ask for help don't be afraid to talk to your friends don't be afraid to talk to strangers about some of these things too and don't be afraid to have hard conversations with some of your um friends or even colleagues because that's where the most learning comes where you stumble and you can't get up you you find a way to come back up and then you're able to learn that's my last piece of advice
0: Amen. that's a word um i say my last piece of advice is i think two things the first thing is If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you find yourself having people-pleasing tendencies where you constantly put yourself in positions to please people, know that it's okay whether or not people like you. At the end of the day, when your mindset is to please God, you are going to please people at the end of the day. And so it may be hard to do some things. It may be hard to evangelize. It may be hard to, you know, be the one to defy the group that's doing something that God is calling you not to do. Um, But at the end of the day, they're not going to sit at the throne and judge you. It's actually God that's going to sit there and they're also going to be judged too. That's why used to call me out of a lot of sin. It's like, okay, I can do this with you. But at the end of the day, God is going to judge all of us and I respect him more than I respect, you know, you people. And, um, I respect them more than I respect myself. So that's the one thing. The second thing I want to say is do not get lax with the details. Um, do not allow yourself to get so weary and so burnt out that you don't want to do things for god whether it's in your church maybe you were born in this church and you've never been to another church and all they do is call you to play piano all the time mm-hmm. take a break let them find somebody who can play piano take a break so that you can truly love to do for god because the bible does say that we get tired but those who trust in the lord they would um yeah what is it mount upon on wings like eagles they will uh soar they will run and not get weary they will walk and not grow faint but you will get tired And so in moments where you are tired, turn to God so you do not become a lukewarm Christian. Because it's so easy. It's so easy to become lukewarm. If you leave tea there, it's literally going to get warm. So you have to do the work in being intentional and reheating yourself. And so that's it from me. I really appreciate you coming on here, Lamar. I'll tell you, Lamar was really intentional about coming on this podcast, talking about some heat test podcasts detest.
1: No, I just felt a type of way because she asked some other people first since I was the first one. Okay, so we're not going to get into personal
0: business, you know what (laughs) I'm saying? So, (laughs) I just really appreciate you coming on here. I really hope that you come back again. Will you come?
1: If you ask me to, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. If if she gets 100 likes (laughs) on the next post, I'll come back. Yeah, 100
0: likes. 100 likes. If you guys really like Lamar, give me 100 likes and we're going to have him back. And we're probably going to have him, you know, with another one of his merch from... You know, Atadie. Yeah. You wanna shout that out real quick?
1: Um sure. I have a clothing brand named Atadie. We're still in reconstruction phase. Um, but basically it's um African based attire, streetwear, hoodies, t shirts, joggers, all that. But you know, I'm gonna be coming out with some other stuff. I'm trying to work on actually making dresses and stuff like that too. So, um shout out. Shout out Atadier. A T A A D E three.
0: Okay, for my non ghanians we have numbers in our alphabet. So at Tadia, you can find him on Instagram. And if you don't if you don't find anything right now, still follow. Whenever it launches, it's coming hard. It's coming very hard.
1: you you're, you're.
0: <laughs> so thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. Please feel free to like, share, comment, questions that you may have. Let's stay in the loop. Let's interact. You can follow me on Instagram at Savvy Speaks01. That's S-A-B-B not V V Y speaks zero one do you want them to follow
1: you no no no, no oh. i'm
0: gonna go <laughs> okay so thank you so much this is sab thank you. you say what this is sab
1: sabby speaks
0: okay so i usually you know i should do this before so mm-hmm. i say this is sab and then you say this is you know however you want to represent yourself oh and then i say peace and you say you're out and then we cut
1: it oh i never listened to that end okay <laughs> crazy
0: okay <sighs> so, so all right let's this try, is sad <laughs> wait hold on let me Mm. This is Sab. This is Lamar. And we're out. Peace.
1: Out. Oh, look like what you did there. That was <laughs>